Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah. This is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Hey, I got to be honest with you, dude. I am really excited about this interview with Darren Dalton. Oh, yeah. This one was like, what do we call it? Like an auspicious coincidence of sorts? Yes. Because when we recorded our original Red Dawn episode a hundred years ago, we didn't know who <laughs> our guest was going to be. Um, but I, I don't think we could have asked for a better a better guest for our show. Like I, he was wonderful. I, I was, I was blown away. I love those interviews where we just kind of like get on the line, we get on the old horn and it's just like talking to an old friend. And those are my favorites. Yeah. And this one was yeah, likewise. This one was like that to the max baby. Yeah. From the minute we started the interview, he, it was, it was like three guys hanging out, having a conversation about the good old days of the eighties. And, and and just big smiles and positive energy. And Darren told great stories about The Outsiders and Red Dawn and best times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those not familiar, I mean, Darren plays uh, Daryl in Red Dawn, who, um, student body president, um, one of those characters that you kind of love to love to hate. You know, in a way, and um, and, of, and of course, he also plays Randy uh, in The Outsiders, which was uh, his first uh, feature film, along with the rest of Hollywood at that time. Young Hollywood Seriously. in the 80s, yep. everyone wanted to be in Francis Ford Coppola's The Outsiders. And he got to celebrate his birthday with the cast of The Outsiders. That was a fun story. That is right. And that's a story that, that our, our lucky audience will hear. Absolutely. They're going to hear a lot of great stories from Darren throughout our interview. It's cool. It's like he, he he's had a wild ride from being in some really great movies from the 80s and, and writing and teaching and uh, being a father and just a lot to share in a short amount of time. Yeah. For somebody who gets like a lot of success quickly at a young age, he is... You know, he's so grounded um, as as a human being, which is is really amazing. And I, and I will say, too, I feel like we've been very, very fortunate with all of our guests that we've had on the podcast. You know, this past year, um, you know, some 15, 16, 17, 17 guests that, that we've, we've been so fortunate as far as people being open and receptive and kind of vulnerable in good ways and just like really hearing about about all the stuff, which I love, just like the the highs and the lows and the experiences and sometimes it's behind the scenes and sometimes it's 
sometimes it's just like here's a little here's a little tidbit of something you might not know uh, about your your favorite movie or your favorite character. And so uh, yeah, so today we got we got more of that that goodness. The goodness from Darren Dalton, the whole kitten caboodle. The Darren Dalton goodness, as we are now calling it. So without further ado, we present to you the one, the only, Darren Dalton. Enjoy. Darren Dalton, thank you so much for being on $2 Late Fee. Of course. Are are you kidding? I paid enough $2 late fees. I should be a (laughs) co-host. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, depending on how this goes, we'll we'll talk. We'll draw up a contract. (laughs) Back in the day, I kept Blockbuster in business for a while. uh, Yeah, I I would say I zeroed out a lot of $2 late fee charges on girls that I fancied (laughs) when I was working at the video store. You want me to take care of that late fee for you? You got it. Nice. I love it. I love it. You worked there. That's fantastic. I, I worked at a video store called Video Man. And um, and and Video. Dustin worked at a, a legit blockbuster. I, I worked at Blockbuster, but I felt like we were limited to how many late fees we could just take off before we had to go to a manager, and then it was like a weird thing, you know. Like I was I was probably authorized to take off like two dollars and sixty cents or something. Yeah, you had to get a uh, someone to sign off. On yeah, that. and then I'd be like, I need a manager for this four dollars. Yeah, I miss the smell of Blockbuster though, don't you? Oh, I miss oh, the smell that's of it. A great. Just, those microwave that's popcorn that's bags. A great point. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had those bucket of popcorns that you could stick in the microwave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please put the Reese's up by the uh, counter. That that worked for me. Right. Oh, yeah. Then get, good yeah. to go. There, there are many places that have distinct smells. And I think uh, blockbusters and like airports to me are like the two. Yes. And a yes. foot, and a foot uh, locker. <laughs> and a foot locker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the smell of a foot yeah. locker. Uh, the, the things mm. we didn't, the things we could think about before COVID hit. So, uh, that's right. So, oh, yeah, right. We we miss anything other than our own houses right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, Truly. so we are recording on quite possibly one of the most historical days of uh, recent times. Um, yeah, what happened? Is something something going on? We something heard a, going on, Zach? A, a rumor that uh... Blockbuster's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> they just announced it, and they're all coming back. Seventy-five franchises across the county. <laughs> yeah. No. Good. Good day here. I mean. Uh, I woke up to about four inches of snow. I'm in the mountains up above LA. So I woke up to about four oh. inches of the first snow of the year. Oh got a little coffee going, got a little oh. fire in the fireplace, you know. Glorious. Are you in Big Bear? And right now? I'm not I'm in I'm in Little Bear. I'm okay. in a place called Wrightwood. So I'm like just Wrightwood. uh just towards the LA side of Big Bear. Oh, yeah. Glorious. You can go up another thousand feet to Big Bear. It's beautiful. Um, that's a that's a great way to start your day, and I'm glad you're joining yeah. us. Do, and do you uh, yeah. do you like have a place up there, or are you just visit like renting for the? I've place? lived up here for seven years now. Oh, you know man. the thing about it is, I can be in a, I can be in Beverly Hills in about an hour and twenty minutes, and yeah. uh, it, I'm I'm five minutes from Mountain High Ski Resort. So oh, yeah. the winters are kind of fun and it's uh it's it's a little it's a, away from the rat race, you know. It's a little more creative for me up here and uh you know, I got a I got a 7-year-old and a wife to go with him and all that stuff. So, you know, we just were we <laughs> Oh, you got the wife to go with him. I got <laughs> Yeah, I got the whole set. <laughs> Came with the wife. I it see. It was the two pack. Yes. He yeah, could have got yeah. the right. You could buy the 7-year-old solo, but He yeah, got the yeah, two pack exactly. with the uh the ATV vehicle that comes with it. Uh <laughs> That's right. That's right. But uh, no, I love it up here. I, I lived in, you know, I lived in Los Angeles for a long time and uh, just kind of needed a little bit of getaway. Maybe, you know, especially once the kid came around, yeah. I was like, okay, let's, let's find someplace a little quieter. So you returned to the woods where yeah. obviously as a Wolverine, you spent a lot of time and <laughs> you like that. No, I'm kidding. I'm this, not this, this, is a very, this is a very yes. red Donny type of day up here actually. Cause it was cold the whole time oh, there. Goodness. It was very cold. Oh my gosh. I mean, obviously we'll get into that in a minute, but um, you've got a seven year old kid, seven year old son. Yeah. Yep. Seven year old son. I am the parent a of a six year old son and uh, we are very much in a GI Joe right now and everything retro. So, uh, yes, mine is like just insert Minecraft in there and you've got my, my kid. Oh, it's just yeah. pretty much, it's all about Minecraft right now. It's kind of a life changer. I'm not going to lie. Minecraft. Well, I, uh, it was an absolute, <laughs> yes, yes. Once I discovered those ocean monuments I was in, um, I, uh, I, I, you know what? It, it it completely altered the whole trajectory for me, man. I I I love being a father so much. It opened my eyes. I waited a long time to do it, you know. And yeah. it was a, 
it's a good situation. It's a tough thing here now with the lockdown pandemic situation. I kind of had to be a seven year old, especially yep. last uh, this this last summer. I feel um, you. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, it, that was actually fun, but uh, it's 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 tough for him not to just be able to go out and play with the friends and things like that. Well, let's hope that the yeah. the light at the end of the tunnel is uh, getting brighter and brighter on every yeah. day. Hopefully, so yes, uh, amen. You know, I, I think yeah. it's really... it's a UV light. It's a UV UV yeah. light. You should actually, <laughs> right, uh, right. yeah, kills all bacteria <laughs> and the planet. Yeah, but, just be yeah, exactly <laughs> kills everything. Stick stick it in the right places, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, you know. No, no, yeah, please. We we don't. This, take this our... is good. I should check on this. Are we R? Are we PG thirteen? What are we talking about we here? Are what am hard I hard R? We are hard. Okay, good. Not in not okay. in like a gross way, but you know, not gotcha. in a gratuitous way. But we okay, we welcome uh, authenticity. Yep. Freeform. Yep. Okay, good. You know, don't hold back. There, there's no uh, there's no editing. The only editing that we that we do is inserting a trailer here or a quote from a movie nice. or something like that. So something fun. But I, just the fact that you you're joining us and and it really means a lot to have you on the show. Um, it, it's it's kind of crazy to think about. The fact that the 80s were <laughs> you know, such a long time ago, but the reality <laughs> is, um, you know, you've you've had a long standing history in Hollywood, like you've you writing, directing, acting, a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, yeah, I love it. I, what you know, I, I've yeah, you know, it was interesting. I, I've always loved story, you know, just just story and storytelling and things like that. Uh, um, and the way that I kind of fell into it, I mean, I was an actor prior to The Outsiders, which was my first movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I did a lot of stage and things like that in, in high school and, and in uh, like, uh, uh, you know, theater there in the, in the local community in Texas and New Mexico and things. And uh, I just kind of fell into it. You know, like I had a couple of friends in, this, in the acting, the drama club or whatever, and uh, they needed a ride to an audition at the Hilton downtown in Albuquerque. And mm. I had a car, so I fit the bill and I took them. And uh, <laughs> Janet Hershenson came out into this, you know, this crazy, this crazy blonde haired uh, Afro came out into the uh, uh, yeah. hallway and she looked at me and she said, you know what, y- you should come in too. You should come in. So I did. And then uh, ultimately I ended up getting getting called out to Los Angeles a couple of times and go- going flying to New York. And it was just, it was just very storybook the whole way that uh, I, I, you know, got in through the door in Hollywood and uh, it's been good ever since. I mean, I, I, you know, in it, but not of it is kind of my thing. You know, I, I, I like it, but I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy you're going to see, you know, red carpets are awesome, but nah, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just not the best at that, but, but I do love storytelling and that's where kind of where it all, especially the writing and directing now that I'm starting to do is, is a real comfort zone for me. I love it. Uh, Darren, let me ask you that, that very first audition when you drove your friends yeah. down to Albuquerque, Albuquerque, are you, or mm-hmm. are you still friends with those guys and how did that change the relationship <laughs> that, with them? That, that changed quite a bit right, right away. Uh, um, you know what? I, I am good friends with the people that I spent time with in do, doing plays and things like that in high school. It was a really good little community group. Um, Facebook, you know, that's yeah. the thing. Ties us all together, right? So, <laughs> and, uh, um, it, but it it definitely changed the trajectory. I was, you know, I, I, I wasn't like the, the total nerd in high school, but I certainly wasn't embraced as the guy or anything like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it definitely raised the rep a little bit. But were, were they annoyed? Were they mad? Were they jealous? Were they like, you <laughs> they going to LA happy. and you're, you know, see you guys. I'm going to yeah. see France for Coppola. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Have exactly. a nice day. Have fun uh, in social studies. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's, that's, uh, there is a lot of truth in that. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is there was another Another kid from a rival high school that I knew, uh, when I say rival, they were like, you know, we, we, we would take first and second in speech competitions and things like that. Yeah. And there was another kid that got the, that got the call to, to, to take the flight to Los Angeles the first time. And he got the call. He got a call the morning of the plane ride saying, listen, we've seen everything we need to. You don't need to come out. <gasps> and I was, and, and he called me oh. and I was like, uh, you know, uh. I was on, kind of going, Oh, I'm waiting for my call, yeah, <laughs> which didn't come. And I, you know, I got on the plane and still waiting for a call. And then got to, you know, got to Zo- got to LA and came to Zotrope Studios and still was just waiting for them to say, you know, right. 
gotcha, go home. And, uh, and it didn't happen. So it was really, it, it was, it, like I said, I was, what, I was 16. You know, I turned, I turned 17 on the night of the New York auditions. Um, yeah, there's some Amazing. great pictures. This is not a visual medium where I'd show you guys the pictures. I mean, what's up? But uh, um, there's some great pictures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where the night that that it got it came to midnight that night, and the last the last night of the auditions for the Outsiders was a kind of an interesting one. First off, the process of auditioning for the Outsiders, and and Red Dawn as well, but definitely for the Outsiders was different than your normal audition. You know, normally you get your five minutes, you come into the room, you know, you, you, you do your thing. And then they say, thank you. And we'll call you. And, and, uh, outsiders was much different. They brought us all into, a um, into a soundstage. And when I say us all, I mean, everybody that I watched on television, you know, the Scott Bayos and the Mickey Rourke's and all these young, everybody. you know, Randy Quaid, all these people were there. I mean, that was the movie and, around town, right? Like yeah. Francis Ford Coppola oh was making God. this movie. Every young Hollywood member wanted to be a part of this movie. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I get onto the soundstage, Francis is blasting opera, you know, and he's, uh, <laughs> of course he is. it's, yeah, it's just, and he, and then he just kind of picks and chooses, okay, you, you're going to get up and play this role or oh we're going to improvise or whatever. Oh and, and th like I said, that happened twice. They flew me home and then I came back out they, and that happened again. And then the last one, when we flew to New York, they had narrowed it down to only one or two people for each role. And wow. the trajectory was going to be that they would record the entire script. We would sit around in a recording studio and they would record the entire script. And each, you know, the two choices would read a half of the script. Wow. And I was feeling pretty good about things at this point. And I never yeah. really read the role that I got. I always read the Dallas role, the Matt Dillon mm. role. And uh, um, they, they cut my, you know, killer eighties fro and everything and greased me yeah. back and stuff like that. And, wow. and, uh, and I get there and I'm thinking, this is, this is looking pretty good, Darren, man. You're looking, you're looking good here. Uh -huh. And then I, I look up the door opens and in walks Matt Dillon. And I was like, well, this is over <laughs> with. I'm done. I'm done. So it's like, he's, he's more, the most handsome thing I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, I, I, I just kind of, you know, we, we did the read through. And like I said, that night after we all finished the read through the, uh, as midnight struck, it was, it was late. And, and Francis had set out for, uh, Sarah Lee cakes and they did a little, you know, happy birthday and stuff. So it was great. It was like 17th birthday with, you know, Tom Cruise and Emilio and, and C. <laughs> Thomas and, 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 you know, quite a few other people that, that didn't end up in the movie, but, uh, um, it was, it was, again, you couldn't have written wow. it better. It was fantastic. So were, were you originally, so you were never originally, uh, lined up to be Randy. You were considered, right. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I read other things. I read, uh, you know, and, and I, everybody read read different roles. There were only a couple of people that never really like like C. Thomas never read anything but Pony Boy. I I, I think he was he, he he was just pretty much earmarked as Pony Boy from the start, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And pretty much Ralph the same with Johnny, you know. Um, but uh, I read you know read a little Soda Pop and and read a lot of Dallas. Read a lot of the you know the uh, the the drive-in scene mm. and things like that. And, uh, uh, so what, you know, when I, when I got the call about six weeks later, they said, you know, what happened is I was, I went home and I thought, well, that's done. And I can't wait to see this movie. It'll be great to watch. And, uh, um, and I, I went home from the auditions and I was getting ready to go do like a melodrama play for 50 bucks a night. I was pretty excited. My parents showed up. I was like, this is great. I'm going to go sign to do this melodrama. And my father said, well, I guess you won't be able to do the outsiders then. And I was like, what, you know? And, and then they said, well, they offered you the role of Randy Anderson. And so I, you know, went back and grabbed the script and went through it and went, Oh, Randy, okay. Randy, this is, Randy, this Randy, is fantastic. Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Randy. He's a, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Uh, so really, but at the same time, you know, I really, I was, I, I'm very grateful for that role because it, it had a real, a, a lot of heart to it and things like that. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and obviously it was just a, it wasn't Albuquerque. You know what I mean? It was like, I, I, I was out of Albuquerque. Well, was good. Uh, okay. So, so you, I'm going to get all, go all over the place a little bit here, but you were, you were living okay. in Albuquerque at the time then, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, yes, yeah, from, from coming from an now. I'm from very familiar with Albuquerque and I spent a lot of time in Taos, New Mexico and uh, worked on the Pueblo and uh, nice. have a history there. But um, Albuquerque always 
no offense. The but Q. I was, yeah. There was the, <laughs> it was like, oh, Albuquerque. Okay, so you got out of there. And yeah, now you're in the – yeah, forget the fact that you wanted to play Dallas at one point or Redford Dallas, but you are a pivotal character in, in probably quite possibly one of the most memorable um, ensemble young – people films of the 80s you know absolutely and, and it's yeah. it's yeah. so you, and you mention your name you mention your character people automatically know and and yeah. no offense and i and i hope you take no offense to this because whenever i'd see you on screen and go he looks a lot like neil sean to me from journey but <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could have played as well as neil that would have been awesome <laughs> well right good thing don't you, stop right. i love it <laughs> but but you know here you are in in this film that is it's a landmark film. It's it's a national treasure. I think it's even it's, I think it's even in the national treasury of uh, mm -hmm. if, if it, that, is. If, it is right yeah. and and so you you make this movie after you made this do the outsiders. I mean, were you considered like, were people clamoring for you? Oh, we got this movie for you. We got that movie for you. How Talk a bit, a little no, bit. No, you know, this is, I mean, the reality of it is because of, of course that's what you think. You know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I, I graduated from high school early because I went back to high school after filming and I graduated from high school early. I got in, a, got in the same car that I'd driven the, the guys to the uh, audition with in and, uh, and, and drove out to LA and I knew nobody. I knew nobody. I was 17. Um, wow. you know, now when I look at, cause I, cause I, you know, I teach 17 year olds right now. When I look at them, I'm like, I would never let you go to LA by yourself, mm, you right. know, but, but, uh, but so I, I get in a car, I come out, I don't really know anybody. And I, it was, it was a couple of years before Red Dawn. I did another movie in between the two, but yeah, I was it, was, say. it was, Joy of it was sex. a minute. It was, hmm. Martha Coolidge, you know, yeah. again, mm. uh, just a, f oh, yes. a very fun movie. I think a movie that was originally written for Belushi and Aykroyd. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. And then they, 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 uh, I think Paramount, I think that was Paramount. They, yep. they, they kind of gave it to Martha and she did it. And I met a lot of great people through that. I met Joanne Barron, who was later became my teacher out here through the Baron Brown studio That's and awesome. things. And, uh, yeah. And just, just, uh, you know, that, that was fun, but that was just a very brief thing. I did a lot of auditioning and, and the funny thing is, is like something I got this job, I got uh, multiple jobs because you know, LA, but I was working in the mornings. I'd work really early in the mornings, like four in the morning till about 10 o'clock at a call center. And then, uh, I'd audition during the days. Mm -hmm. And then at night I worked in a great place. Um, I don't know. I don't know how old you guys are, but there's a, there used to be a place called the poster mat in Westwood okay. and, uh, Westwood, California out here. And, uh, um, it was the, it was one of those places that sold, you know, like the cool t-shirts and they'd press on the t-shirt oh, yeah, thing right. for you and stuff, but they had a candy counter with the gummy, everything and all that stuff. And I was working behind the candy counter when the outsiders opened at the national theater down yes. the street. Yes. Yes. So I would get people, you know, coming in and be like, okay, give me those jawbreakers and some gummy fish and wait a minute. It's you. you tried to kill Johnny. You tried to kill Johnny. And uh, yeah. uh, so, it, you know, there was, the, it wasn't, it wasn't cigars and sunglasses, certainly not right away. And Red Dawn was the first thing that I kind of read afterwards uh, uh, that I, that really kind of lit me up. And also it was the first um, audition experience that I had that was, had some similarity to the outsiders as far as, you know, finding this good ensemble cast and all that stuff. So, you know, they, they, there was a lot of similarities there. Did you did you read specifically for the role of Daryl in Red Dawn? Yes. Uh, when I met John Milius, um, uh, John pretty much nailed me as Daryl right away. It's one of the it's one of the few times I've gone in that he basically said you've got the role. Mm. Um, you know he 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 kind of smiled at me when I met him briefly, and then I did a screen test for them, and he just said, "You, you know, listen, you're you're the guy." And uh, so I, I, I uh, it was really an enjoyable experience because I got to help them to audition some of the other roles, especially the the Patrick Swayze role. Um, I did. I helped them do screen tests for. Uh, I think Charlie came in and read for the Patrick Swayze role first mm -hmm. uh, for Jed, and then uh, uh, you know there was some some cool people that came in and read, and we 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 went through the you know read a couple scenes. They they had built a little you know like fire. Uh, you know, that we all sitting around the fire and they did a screen test for everybody. And afterwards, Milius, who is a character, right? Milius mm -hmm. says to me, uh, after we auditioned, I don't know, maybe half a dozen people or something like that. He's, he comes up to me and he says, 
Darren, you're doing a great job. I'm going to give you more kills. I'm going to give you more kills, he says. I'm like, okay. And then I, the next time I got the script, I had a bigger role. So it was great. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. Our understanding of him is that he really just kind of like told it like it was and suffered no fools and... Is, what, I mean, is Man, I'll tell. I mean, that's 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 kind of uh, an understatement. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he he was. Listen, I mean, as a as a as a eighteen, I guess it was eighteen, nineteen year old at the time. Can you ask for a better gig to go play army with this oh, dude? Really? You know, real? it was like, yeah. And we did a we did a month of really intense training with a guy named John Early, who was a had more jumps into combat than anybody at the time and stuff like that. And so we did all this guerrilla training and we were we, you know, we designed our own costumes basically throughout that process. And it was it it was so much fun. I mean, you know, I took a little flack later on. People would say, you know, uh, like I, I ran into a couple of directors. I'd get into the room with them and they'd say, what would make you do a movie like Red Dawn? And I'm like. Machine guns? I, I don't know. What do you what do you what do you want here? What, it was, it what was, answer it was do a, you want? Really? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I just listen. And to me, again, as a story, as someone who loves story, Milius was a you know was a god to me. I mean, this is the guy that wrote Jeremiah Johnson. He, yeah. You know, he he wrote Classic. he wrote Apocalypse Now. I'm like, uh, you know, it was he was a, a blast to work with, though. Just a blast. I mean, and like you said, didn't suffer fools. Didn't mince any words. I mean, there were a couple of things. Uh, I'll tell you one, there was one time in particular, that's very funny that, uh, that was always funny to me is, you know, he, he, he cast us all. We did all the training and things like that. And, uh, and then he got us all out, uh, out, I don't know, just in the mountains of New Mexico at one point. And he says, men, you know, and of course, Leah and Jennifer are here. And, and, and yeah. And, and, and he's like, men, I didn't hire any pussies. Oh my god! So I don't want to talk. I don't want any more actor talk. We've got. We we know who we're playing. We know what we're doing. Let's go. Let's go to war. I was like, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be an experience right here. This thing's got an arrow. It's po- it's uh it's pointing. It's uh where 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 right here. Girl, where is it? God damn it! Where's the bug? They made me swallow it. Daryl, what have you done? I went into town. It got caught. And we got caught! Why? Because you said we couldn't. You told them what we were, didn't you? You told them. My father turned me in. Oh, God, they didn't think you could him. You son of a bitch! You want blindfolds? This isn't happening. This isn't happening. Jet, let him go. Shut up, Danny. He was one of us. Shut up. He told him where we were. He did. Now get your rifles. No. What did you say? I said no. We're not doing it. What's the difference, Jet? Huh? I'll do it. Shut up, Robert. Tell me, what's the difference between us and them? Because we live here. So sh- don't shoot you. Don't shoot me, Jen. It's it's real life GI Joe. You know, mm. and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and we listen when you're 19, especially and Charlie and Tommy and myself, especially we were kind of the three musketeers on it. Totally. You, you, you psych yourself into this uh, this experience and we would lay in our trailer and listen to the soundtrack for Apocalypse Now oh, and things like that. Perfect. And uh, just really psych yourself out. You know, there were there were times you know, you, he would put us in those spider holes for the spider hole ambush. And he yeah. would, he would put us in there for, a, for a, an extended period oh, before as they prepped, you know, he would, he would say, okay, well, get ready, put you, you'd be kneeled down in that thing with a, with a machine gun. And he, you know, they cover you up and you'd, you'd be kneeling there for a while until you heard, and this was very milius until you heard the machine gun that would signal action. <laughs> wow. oh my God. So Slightly it was terrifying. It, it, 
just, you know, uh, at the same time, cool. again, it, uh, as long as I was on the right side, yeah. it was cool. You <laughs> we're <know>? good. <laughs> well, I, yeah, and we, exactly. were, we, we had uh, watched this movie earlier in the year when the pandemic first hit. And, and we recorded an episode not knowing we would be speaking to you today and not right. knowing that we would have a future president in Joe Biden today. Mm-hmm. And so right. uh, it was in, in many ways, it was it's the tonal shift is, is really appropriate because Red Dawn is such a dark film. And I think yes. it oftentimes gets forgotten how dark it is because it, 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 the folklore of it is, oh, it's this rat pack action movie. But it's so much more deeper than that. Yeah. And your character, yeah. while on one hand is perceived as being this dick and traitor, uh, and, and, and on the other hand, you're, you're so torn, right? Between, yeah. yeah. Like, the, and, and I think many people in that position, like, well, put yourself in, your, in, your, in Daryl's shoes and what would you do, you know? And, mm, yeah. and um, it's a really interesting dynamic because it's so, yeah. it, it's so intense. And, and the kids deliver... I don't think I've had seen so much emotion outside of outsiders yeah. <laughs> um, by yeah, so many right, kids right. in that in this movie. And yeah, the, you know, the, it, it's it's you make a movie like this, especially like I said, when you're younger, and it's kind of you're in this bubble of of the experience, and it does take all of your emotions. And of course, when you're 19 years old, you've got a lot to offer as far yeah. as emotional stuff goes. You know, so. But I think Milius, you know, Milius both, when I was first hired on to do the movie, it was called Ten Soldiers. Uh, it was a script by Kevin Reynolds. And it was a much different script. It was, it was, you know, it was much more tragic. I mean, I, I know it's tragic now, but the script itself was much more tragic. It wasn't as triumphant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Milius came in and that's one of the things he really tweaked. But I know that he was, you know, he had conversations with me regarding, you know, the character and he wasn't, he, he was, he was uh, aware of the fact that he didn't want to make it, uh, you know, just a traitor. He wanted to make it somebody who was, you know, was conflicted. Yes. And, uh, um, and he, and I thought he did a good job of that, you know, that, uh, he, he, he wrote that in there nicely and things. So, but I mean, you know, it, 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 I I love that he added that dimension to it, but at the same time, what he brought to it really kind of, I don't, I don't want to say propaganda. It's not, you know, it's no, not just that. No. It's, it's like he made it, you know, a war film. I felt like I was in a John Ford film, you know, so oh, that was yeah. fun. That's a great, um, that's a great comparison because it definitely feels that way. It's an eighties version of that. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. At the end of the day, though, but, it really feels like war is pointless and that, it, you know, that's what the movie says yeah. to me, uh, yeah. really. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that, and that was, again, that was his take on it. You know, we would have a lot of, uh, what we, we called Wolverine meetings at the end of every yeah. day. And, and all of us would get together in the hotel rooms and chill out and, uh, and, you know, yeah, tequila maybe and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, uh, we would have a good time and, and John would be there in the middle of it kind of, you know, talking about the work the next day, re- rewriting on some level a lot of the time and, and giving us images from other movies saying like, well, I thought about this movie, you know, and I thought about this from The Searchers and these other things and kind of, you know, really helping us understand what he was trying to achieve. And it was a lot of fun. One, one very memorable uh, Wolverine meeting experience was uh, Harry Dean because Harry Dean was phenomenal to work with, right? right? He played... Uh, Played the father, and uh, you know, avenge me. That's right. Boys. He's the man. And well, he came to Santa Fe. He did the work. He had some friends in Santa Fe too. But we were we were there working, and uh, he, you know, we had a, it was Harry Dean's last day. You know, he got killed and things, and we. Oh, power just went out. He emailed. Boys, avenge me. Avenge me! Hello? Hello? I oh. don't think Harry Dean wanted me to tell that story. Yeah, really? <laughs> not sure. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Harry not Dean sure and some prostitutes, and then the power went out. Next question, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's go back to Joy of Sex. No. Right. Um. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, oh, very man. fortuitous. Sorry about that. No, no, no. It's all good. It's it's the power. It's the uh, yes. what, what, what we all have to deal with. Otherwise, you'd be here in the studio with us. And uh, Oh, that'd be great. That'd one, be great. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Really quick, uh, how did, so obviously uh, my buddy Trey Calloway was in The Outsiders, yeah. but um, and I want to get back to the Harry Dean story. Um, you guys, cool. are you guys still stay in contact? Yes, yes, I love Trey. Um, you know, I mean, he, it's, I, I teach now, uh, it just kind of happened. I, I, I started with one class and now I'm, I, right now I'm up to four days a week uh, at a place called LOXA, the Los Angeles County High School of the Arts. Okay. And uh, it's a fan, it's the best arts program in the country. Um, and it has a cinematic arts program that's fantastic. I teach uh, screenwriting and directing there. Cool. And, uh, and one day this, this guy comes in for one of the master classes, you know, this like television genius. And he starts talking about how he got his start in the outsiders. And I, you know, in the back of the room, of course, went, no, you didn't. I know you. Yeah. And, and then he goes, uh, and, it, and it was Trey. I was like, of course, <laughs> once, you know, once I, once I realized who he was and, uh, and it's just such a good guy. He's, he's come in and spoken to the, to the kids a few times, um, you know, this, this lockdown has changed teaching quite a bit. Yes. And, uh, um, one of the bright spots has been that we can have people, you know, step in and, and, uh, uh, zoom in and, and give master classes pretty easily. So we've had Trey, uh, in a couple of times and he's just, just a fantastic guy. I, I, I love him so much. He's, he's, he's a cool dude. So I was happy to hook back up with him and, uh, you know, that, I mean, like one of the, the one of the other socials is a doctor and stuff like that. I think we've we've all done pretty well for ourselves. <laughs> that, yeah, that's 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 so cool. Because yeah, for those that don't know, Trey Calloway is a phenomenal writer of I mean a myriad of television thing, things. Uh, yes. CSI, showrunner, and showrunner, yeah. and, um, and so it's it's and he had this minuscule role in The Outsiders, but holds it like a badge of courage. And um, yes, and and. They have at the original house, right in Oklahoma. They have the uh, they have like conventions there, or not a convention, but like a meet and greets. Or, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you this is the thing because I was involved in kind of helping them to make that happen. Um, oh, cool! I, I did another. I sat down for another, you know, uh, internet kind of podcast with a with a gentleman named Danny O'Connor. Okay, right, Danny Boy O'Connor. He's he was one of the three founding members of uh, of House of Pain. Right, jump oh. around, jump oh, around, yeah. and right, and he's a big, big '80s fan, yeah. uh, and and uh, um, he's got a, a group called Delta Bravo that yes. goes around and takes takes pictures, right? And they're great. Uh, I did it. They're great. I did his podcast and met him, and Nako Nolan is kind of his sidekick on the podcast, and and they were fantastic. And uh, about uh, like I had uh, Susie Hinton called in during the podcast and stuff. It was great. Wow. And, uh, uh, I think Susie's on the phone right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, uh <laughs> um, but anyway, so about, I don't know, maybe a couple years later, I get a call from Danny and he says, I, I went and I bought the outsider's house. You know, I bought, he bought the house that, wow. that the, the, the Curtis brothers lived in and it was a tear down. It was, it was condemned basically at the time. Oh and, uh, um, and they, they did an amazing job, took an, you know, we've done fundraisers and different things there in Tulsa and they've restored it to look exactly the way it was in the movie. And, uh, um, and it was a great process because it was like, you know, they, like they stripped away some of the walls and I could show them, well, this is where Francis Coppola cut away the, the wall so he could do the tracking shot of coming from inside to the outside of the house and stuff like oh, that. That's wild. And, uh, yeah. It's and they do they do guided tours because all of the, uh, you know, uh, the majority of the uh, uh, locations are right there around the house. You know, the park where the fountain was and Johnny's house and you know the 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 park where the rumble happened and things like that. So they do these cool guided tours. And I went back and, and helped them do a couple of tours uh, like about a year ago. And they just opened the house up. It's amazing if you ever get to Tulsa. It's a, it's one of the things you got to check out. Yeah, because I know Trey had gone back for one of their events and and, and took pictures yep. with fans and whatnot, and and I just thought, wow, what a cool, what a, I I love that. You know, um, you think about iconic '80s homes like the house in A Christmas Story, or obviously yeah. the house in Goonies, and yeah. and and the fact that you know, I know the house in Goonies, the, those people are like, you know, don't take pictures or whatever. They're kind of a little bit more hesitant because I think 
people just live in that house. But uh, right. But th- th- this, is a, this is a landmark, and and it is. I know every kid, and I'm sure, uh, you know, growing up that this was it was required reading in elementary school, like I think sixth grade or fifth grade. Uh, I, I yeah. was a teacher for many years and I still work with kids and, and occasionally I'll have a middle school student or a, or a sixth grader bring out the outside. Oh, I have to read this book for my for school project or what? Ugh. And I'm like, no, you're, <laughs> you are lucky, dude. This the kids is, you're yeah. tutoring now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The kids I work with, the yeah. kids I tutor in and they're, and they're like, is this any good? I'm like, well, let me tell you. well it's it's the love it continues to get is amazing to me i mean that's why it was such a pleasure to be in it because you know here what are we 30 35 years later it still gets the same amount of love and and you know the parents pass it down to their kids and Mm -hmm. and uh uh you know i'll go speak to high school classes every once in a while i know you know not long ago uh c thomas and i went to austin and spoke to a class and uh you know so it's 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 you get you just get continual love from that movie. It and was you, a great great film. No jazz before the rumble. You know the rules they face. We know. I want to talk to you. Go ahead. I'll keep my eye on him. Come on. What about you in the paper? How come? I don't know. I like playing a superhero or something. I wouldn't have. Wouldn't have what? I would have let those little kids burn to death. Might not have. Might have done the same thing. I don't know. I just don't know anything anymore, I guess. I just would have never believed a greaser could pull something like that. A greaser didn't have nothing to do with it. Check, check out their pants. <laughs> I'm talking inside. I couldn't tell this to anyone else. My friends, they think I was off my rocker or something. You know, that, that friend of yours, the one that got burned, he might die. Yeah. And tonight, you know, people get hurt in rooms, maybe even killed, right? You can't win. You know that, don't you? It doesn't matter if you whip us, you'll still be where you were before, at the bottom. And we'll still be the lucky ones at the top with all the breaks. Doesn't matter. And greasers will still be greasers, and socials will still be socials. It doesn't matter. Anyway, thanks, Grease. Hey, I didn't mean that. I meant thanks, kid. Been nice talking to you, Randy. My name's Pony Boy. You're still really tight with C. Thomas, then, right? You guys, yeah. Obviously, can't shake him. I can't (laughs) shake him. You've been through so much together. You know, I feel like once you come out of Red Dawn, yes. coming out of the Fox once you, once together, you've you know? killed somebody on a Mesa, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're tight. Right. You're tight. I think that's yeah. the law. No, yeah. he's a good guy and we're still continuing to work together. We actually have a project that uh, that I wrote that he's directing, uh, you know, depending on what happens here with the uh with the the pandemic and situation that that's early next uh, early next year. Oh, fantastic. And uh, um and and then I'm I'm writing another project that he's uh, that he's excited about and stuff. So we, we work together a lot. He's, he's a good guy. He's, I mean, I, l- listen, when I did the outsiders with him, I, he was a punk and I was like, who is this kid? You know, he, he was just somebody that was stealing the cereal from me on, uh, uh you know, from, from craft service. But when we kind of read, read Dawn, it kind of came together. Uh, and we, we were roommates after that. And we've been really strong friends ever since he's, he's pretty much a brother. Well, I think your two characters specifically have two of the biggest arcs in that film. Uh, you obviously yeah. go one way and he goes the other way, but, but both in this, this pan, everyone's panic stricken. Um, but yeah. it's really interesting. And I, I think it's great that you guys still have this long relationship and, you know, you were in the land that time forgot together. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know, it's funny because he's, you know, I, I tried to drown him. That's admittedly, I tried to drown him in the first movie. He has killed me so many times since that movie that it's like, it's not even funny. And, and so we did some, we did some movies uh, like the land that time forgot we did with a, with a, the, no, the notorious uh, global asylum, right. Who did Sharknado. Oh yes. And uh, we had a blast doing I don't know, four or five movies for them. And there was one movie in particular where, and cause I was writing all of them and I wrote it so that I would finally, I would finally get to kill him. Right. I would get to kill him. Awesome. And somehow by the end of the movie, I wasn't killing him. You know, <laughs> I think I probably ended up dying. 
I don't know how that works. So, but uh, did you also yeah, good guy. direct that movie? No, no, oh, no, okay. I didn't. I didn't. So that, uh, the, that, the that first would track then. Why? Why suddenly? Yes, you weren't. <laughs> like, well, because he directed it. That's he directed the thing. That. He, directed he directed it. Directed so it's like exactly. I'm in control. Exactly. Yeah, I'm in control. Yeah. That's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, I can't. Got a script change. I want to run by it, Aaron. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you kill me. No, you don't do that anymore. When you're gonna, you know, yeah, exactly. You always bring up the, the dinosaur's gonna bite you in half. <laughs> but wait, I'm supposed to kill you, and uh, I'm gonna kill you yeah. in the next scene. He's like, nah, no, no, that's not gonna happen. I was gonna say he he also dragged you into Soul Man too, so uh, you know there's a whole other issue. But <laughs> yeah, that's a whole that's a that's a, that's that's another podcast. Well, but uh, um, you, well, you know we actually had Ari Gross on a few a few weeks back, and and we talked about Soul Ari. Man with him, and yeah, well, Ari's fantastic. fantastic. And, and and we talked about how you know the, the, that film was way misrep mis, way misrepresented and just in in especially in the marketing, um, yeah, and just kind of you know, obviously wouldn't be made today or if it was, it would just would have a totally different look to it. Um, but yeah. I think it had a lot more going on other than what, how it was promoted, uh, you know, to yeah. the masses. Well, I think it, that was its original, you know, I think that was its original, uh, you know, I, the, I, the idea behind it did have that kind of, you know, that, that sensibility. Yeah. Uh, I think the hard thing is like, as things grow and, and, and as the, as the world changes, you kind of have to go, yeah, that's not quite, you know, that's not quite politically correct anymore. But, but the cool thing about that movie and that period of time is that uh, was when Tommy and I were roommates. And so anytime he would get a job or I would get a job, we'd pop up, you know, on the set and, you know, I was doing a TV show for NBC at the time. And I remember wow. uh, I got him to stand next to me and I gave him a high five, like in one scene in, in a, in a, in like a, <laughs> a, in a football game or something like that. And we would just kind of, you know, and soul man was the same way. He said, come down, we're going to play basketball today. And I came down there with he and Steve minor and, and put on some shorts and played a little basketball. It was a, it was a lot of fun, but uh, are you talking about the TV was, show, the best times? Best times, yes, yes, yeah. Which was, you know, again, a great, you know, great. Uh, the 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 writers that did Lou Grant uh, and yeah. just had some really great people on it and a, a, a fun time, but uh, short lived. Short lived. Um, you were telling a Harry Dean Stanton story uh, earlier. Yes, we did want to circle back to. Yes, absolutely. Sorry. I okay, good. Derailed well, this, with uh, C. So this is what happened. Exactly, exactly. Before, and I'll try this again. But if the power goes yeah, out, yeah, then I'm no, not going back no. into <laughs> it. Just so you know. Deal. Um, uh, and it could be worse. I don't even. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm a little. I'm on the edge of my seat. Um, uh, <laughs> but we had this big send off for Harry Dean. Like I said, we were. You know, we got we got a little inebriated and we had a great time and it was a. a uh, had a party and then the next day we had, we all had to go to work and he was supposed to get on a plane and go home and uh we came dragging in at the end of the day you know covered in blood and mud and things like that and then and there was harry dean in the hotel and uh we said you know what happened and he said well i had such a good time i i'm gonna stick around so he stuck oh, around for like a couple more weeks and because the wolverine weeks? meetings you didn't want to miss those <laughs> yeah he just he just hung out in santa fe for a while <laughs> Just wow. a great, a great character who I, I got to know better in, in the later years and things like that and got to, you know, uh, go to a lot of his bands, performances and things like that. And, and he would come over to to uh, my my uh, my wife and I's house, my ex-wife's and I's house and uh, parties and we'd have so much fun. Just a great, great character. Yeah, he's really actually fantastic. a lot more dynamic than I think people oftentimes um know him of they think of like pretty in pink yeah. or repo man but he's but he's a, a, an artist a true artist in the sense yes. that like he's a musician and and and, and uh, well and, and for me it was because my one of my favorite movies of all time is cool hand luke oh right yeah so so i and and so i always remember him from cool hand luke playing the guitar and you know being that 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 dude and and so i was in awe of the guy and uh you know he was but but again that was the the general feeling of that movie was so together we were all so together it was very familial feeling in that movie and uh uh it, that that's one of the things that really stuck with me all these years later i still look at it i, I think of it very warmly in that way you know what i mean 
Well, I think it's cool. He obviously uh, was in awe of you guys if he stuck around for a couple more yeah, weeks afterwards goodness. just to hang with the crew. Right. <laughs> well, you know, the liquor was cheap. It was good. <laughs> well, yeah, that'll always draw you in, you know. So Yes, yes. I, I do want to jump a little bit ahead, though, uh, to okay. talk about some of the projects you're working on now. because, uh, yeah. And I wanted to know, you're working on The Lurking Fear, right? Is that yes. something that's still in yeah. development or... Yeah, no, it's it's something I directed uh, not last summer, but the summer before, and and then we were we were due to do some pickups and things like that to finish it out, and and uh, and March came, and so that's it's it's a, in a little bit of limbo on that level. It was a big learning experience for me. It was a giant undertaking. Uh, we shot in a in Jacksonville, Florida, in a uh, a really decrepit uh, abandoned. Uh, I think it was a public school, but it, it looked like an asylum mm. and uh, um, it, it was a lot of fun. Some great cast uh, members yeah, and, Robert and things like, well, mm. speaking of Goonies, right there, yeah. there you go. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, so, so I look forward to it. I don't know. It's kind of, you know, you get, you get further away from things. It's, it's kind of hard to pick them back up again. It's hard. Are you, this, are you a fan uh, of that pandemic. genre or uh, is it? I love horror. I do. I love cool. horror. And it's like, uh, I, I'm a big fan. It's an HP Lovecraft yeah. uh, adaptation, right? And so I had read the original HP Lovecraft and then, uh, and thought that I could apply this to a modern day setting. And so I adapted it, I don't know, a few years ago. And then someone, a, a producer named Michael Tadros, who picked it up uh, and had, had kind of fell in love with it, really stuck with it for a few years and then said, you know, you should direct it. And and it was, I, I learned a lot. And one of the things that I learned more than anything was that I really do like uh, directing. So I'll be doing that again. That's awesome. Awesome. What, what, yeah. are, what are some of your favorite horror films? Just curious. Man, I mean, I, I have so many, but I, I, I'm a big fan of like The Descent. Mm. Oh, uh, no. you know, okay. I, 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 horror, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, I'm, uh, listen, I'm a big fan of, of Carpenter's The Thing, you oh. know, his version of The Thing. Of course, yeah. uh, I was just talking to somebody about this the, uh, not long ago. Uh, um, the last time I saw that movie was at the Hollywood Forever screenings, you know, there yeah. where you have them in the gra- in the graveyard. I was there. And, and I was there. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, there you go. Right. You were probably the guy that I couldn't see over. I was like, come on, you know, sit down, <laughs> sit down. I was the guy who was like, Hey, you look like Neil Sean. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shut up, yeah, Neil Sean. Exactly. I'll sit where I want to. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I'm, I, 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 I do love that genre. It's yeah. not, it's, it's, uh, it's not something that I, it's not my normal wheelhouse that I would maybe write in, yeah. but, uh, but I did, I did enjoy that. Uh, I did enjoy writing that script. It was a good one. The Descent, by the way, is, is, is fantastic. I love that movie. And, uh, yeah. in, in, in HP, HP Lovecraft is kind of hot right now with the Lovecraft series on HBO. Um, so. Yeah, right. Lovecraft country. I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I've always liked the stuff that was a little, you know, like I liked the others, and I liked, I really liked the, the, that recent, not, not long ago, the Netflix series, the haunting of Hill house. I thought that was yeah. phenomenal. Um, you know, so, uh, it, it's, it's a genre that I just think you can say, you can say a lot. It's a good, good genre for social commentary. And this, this movie has a certain social commentary because it's, it basically portrays this almost cannibalistic culture that lives underground. Mm. And, you know, for me, they were kind of like the 99%, you know what I mean? Like they just... Eat, it was an eat the rich type of thing. Yeah, no totally. doubt. This, uh, just a quick, quick story about the descent. Personal story. Yeah. My wife and I, the first and last time we were ever in Buffalo, New York. Not that I, you know, I, I don't particularly hate Buffalo, but there was just not much <laughs> going on. And we were downtown. We were there for a wedding, and we're like, "What's going on? There's nothing going on in downtown. It's like August. It should be hopping. You know, where's the hoppingness?" And we go, and there's a movie theater. It's playing the descent. And we go in and we buy some popcorn and the, the person who, who, you know, sells the popcorn says, would you like me to start the movie now? And we're like, oh, are there, are there no, more, no more people? Like, <laughs> um, no, that's it. So we just, the two of us sit down in this theater that holds like 60 people and the sound comes on and it's like playing out of like desktop speakers oh, on the floor. <laughs> and it's like, and I'm like, this is terrible. And it's totally like, you know, it takes you out of the movie because, yeah, of course. you know, the audio isn't surrounding you. <laughs> And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this. And so the movie, you know, the movie landed a little, a little weak uh, to oh, me. Right. So, yeah. And you never went back to Buffalo. Never went back. I get it. I, I get it. I haven't been back to Buffalo I can, because of that. 
I, have, I completely have, understand. Thanks for indulging me, guys. Sorry. That's it. <laughs> well, that, yeah. that that's cause for yeah. rewatch. So uh, it is because it it's is. very yes. anxiety inducing. It is. And it, yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, I felt anxiety because like, where's the sound? Yeah. <laughs> the great guy, and a great movie. I loved. Yeah. I love Dog Soldiers. You know, oh, which was yeah. his Neil the Gordon movie he or did. Neil Marshall. Yeah, Neil Marshall. yeah, Neil Marshall. And uh, that was the movie he did before that, right? So, he, um, but. Uh, anyway, I, I I love the horror genre. What, well, so, uh, uh, you know the lot the, the the place where I teach Loxa, um, they just did a cinematic. Uh, they call it Cinema Scare Night. They have four major festivals, and they did Cinema Scare Night, and it's all centered around writing the horror stuff. And so I've been doing a lot of horror writing teaching right now. So oh, cool! Just ra- just wrapping that up. Well, it's it's you were saying that it's it wasn't necessarily what you what you initially were getting into. What initially kind of drew you into writing? I mean, I was, I was such a big reader when I was younger, you know, when I was a kid, when I discovered reading, it altered my existence. You know what I mean? And we, I I grew up in a very small town uh, in Wyoming. And uh, so the, the library kind of held everything for me and you know, it just, my love for writing kind of grew out of my love for reading and uh, you know, the way that I kind of got into it in film, it's the the funny thing is, is when I got, you know, when I took those guys to the audition for the outsiders and I, and and they said, you should come in. I, they, they said, you need a resume. You need to write a resume. And so I wrote up a resume on like a ring, you know, three ring binder type stuff. Yeah, basically, basically. Right. And of course it was all just bullshit because I mean, I, I didn't, I hadn't done anything. I, you know, I wrote down, Oh, you know, Romeo and Juliet in English class, whatever. And, 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 but, but I made up a bunch of stuff. And one of the things that I wrote, you know, special skills was screenwriting. Had never written a screenplay in my life at that point, but it was, you know, I look back on that sometimes now stapled to the Polaroid that I took and say, okay, well, that was always something where I wanted to be. And it, it, it just happened that I was, I, you know, as I was going along, I started, there was one project in particular where I did a little bit of rewriting for somebody. And then they, they basically said, you, you know, you should come on and, and do some, and do some more writing. And it just grew, it just grew to something that I really love to do. So it's, it's, it's really where I live now. I love it. I think that's beautiful that you, you're obviously doing what you love. And uh, we've had quite a few people on here that talk about that, that, that they are doing what they love. And it's not easy. It's never easy. It's no. not supposed to be easy. Um, but but if you... Plus, when you got kids, you know how it is. They want to eat every day. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, you know, what what sometimes what you love doesn't yeah. pay enough to yeah. feed them all the time, you right? know, and stuff like that. But uh, but no, it's 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 true. I, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate that... Uh, you know, not only that I, I found a way into this business, but that it's it's continued to embrace me on on certain levels. It's great. What what what, what do you tell your students? And as far as uh, you know, because I'm I'm sure you get a lot of students thinking, oh, I want to be the next, you know, so and so. And like, what do you tell them? What kind of advice do you give them? You know, I mean, I I, I tell them, I really push them to suck. You know what I mean? I say, yeah. listen, you know, you you need to really be terrible. And, and go through that and, and don't, you know, don't try to be Spielberg because you're not there yet. And that's a, you know, like, like, like when we start getting into the sections where we're writing television or something like that, you know, I, I say to them, listen, I I understand you want to write stranger things now, but there's a stairway and stranger things is like up on the. 10th floor. Right. So you got to go through a lot of steps before you get there. And, and, and a lot of that is just doing, you know, just, just practicing, practicing what you're doing. And, uh, so, so I, I think it, you know, on some level, they they probably look at me and go, oh, "Yeah, well, you know, when you were our age, because I was when I was sixteen, so, you know, Francis Coppola came and like stuck you in the middle of it, yeah. like so, you, you know, you you got a little bit of a head start, which is true, but at the same time, you know, there's no there's no shortcut to, um, you know, to to really being good at what you love. That's the thing. You can love it, you can love it, but you know, you got to be, uh, especially as a writer, you got to be willing to just do terrible work. You know, um, I always tell them you can't fix a blank page, but you can fix a bad script. So Mm -hmm. just go write a bad script, you know, do it. And, uh, and, and, you know, they surprised me. Listen, I, I, you, you said you were a teacher as well, right? I, I, I find it to be one of the most rewarding, amazing things I've ever kind of on some level, like the outsiders, I kind of fell into it. You know, it just, it, uh, the the opportunity opened up and then it continued to invite me to do more of it. And, uh, I, I really, 
they inspire me. You know what I mean? They, they remind me of sure. what the reason that I was, you know, that I was excited to do things when I was younger. And, uh, uh, it's, it's a, I think it's a real blessing to do. It is. Yeah. It's a magical thing. I used to teach, um, yeah. uh, kindergarten and then I was doing a school. Of oh rock my class. God. Yeah. I, I had, uh, I had, you know, Trey's kids, well, one of his sons in my class when he was five, obviously. And now he's like right. 17 or 18 right. going to, right. uh, Northwestern, which is a trip. But, um, uh, wow. yeah, you think about like how much time has passed or, I, I taught him. I did a school of rock class with these little kids, and, and meanwhile, like who's going to be the next big? You know, who's going to be the next Eddie Van Halen, or who's going to be the next, uh, you know, David Lee Roth, or whatever? And yeah. hopefully not David Lee Roth, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Like the idea is like these kids, you're, you're you're influential in their lives, whether you know it, whether you whether you know it or not, you are, and you're yeah. having a big hand yes. in that, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, because you're seeing it right there. And now, obviously, as a parent, you're seeing that even more so. You know, even if your yeah. son's playing Minecraft, it's like still you're engaging with him. And the fact that you have this opportunity to to see this being grow with your influence is pretty remarkable. And I think yeah. that shouldn't be taken for granted at all. Um, no, I agree. I agree. And and at LOXA, it's an interesting thing because it's, you know, it isn't in it is in Hollywood. So it's got a lot of like, like last year I taught screenwriting to Roxy Sorkin. Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. So Sorkin, I'm going to teach you Sorkin. screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And you know, like Bill, one of Bill Macy's daughters went there and, and uh, so, so it, uh, surreal. Yeah. you know, they, these are kids that, that, I mean, it's a program that really is on a college level as far as the equipment and things that they will, they would normally have to, to be able to work their films with and stuff. So it's really a, it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Great faculty and stuff like that. Too, That's so. really cool. It, it's funny. You, you yeah. just you just jarred a memory of me. I was doing because uh, Dustin and I both do voice acting, and I was giving nice. a, a um, I was at a summer camp doing a thing with young people about voice acting, and, they, and one of the kids was like, "What's your favorite voice to do?" You know, and I was just doing my impressions of things I admired on television or just movies. Bart Simpson. Yeah, right. like, uh, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. So uh, I start, I start doing, uh, I said, well, well, what, what voices do you guys like? You know? And then one of the kids is like, do Batman, do Batman. Cause Batman Lego movie had just come out. So I did my bad uh, Batman impression. And one of the kids hands in the back goes up and he goes, that's my dad. And I go, your dad's Batman. He goes, yeah, my dad's Batman. Will Arnett, he's Batman. And I go, Oh, I said, how did I, how did I do it? He goes, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> like, all right, cool. <laughs> Anyways, um, you're my dad now. Yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. I was gonna say, Darren. Uh, you know, obviously, you wouldn't be on our show if it wasn't for our good buddy Peter Hackman. Um, he's a dear friend of ours, and and has, nice. has, uh, And we met him through our uh, Vince DiCola, who's an amazing composer and musician, world renowned right. in my opinion. But um, it really means so much that you came on our show and <laughs> talked talked about everything that we did today. It was fantastic. I love it. I love it. Listen, I was, I, I again, I, I talking about those movies, the, you know, and, and, and that era, that era of movies was just so, it was so, things were so good. It's our you favorite. Know? And, and I know, like we mentioned Blockbuster, yeah. you know, the pre-Blockbuster, if you remember, was you know, they had all these shelves that they had to fill with videotapes and it was awesome because they were just making movies left and right. Yeah. You know, it's like they, they had to fill these shelves. Blockbuster came along, kind of curbed that a little bit because they were like, well, I'm going to take these sections and, and 18 of them are going to be, you know, Mission Impossible 8, <laughs> yeah, you know, so, totally. so that it dropped a little bit, you know, but, uh, but that era of movies was just so enjoyable, man. It was, it was, it, you know, I, I, it has a wonderful, warm place in my heart not only as a as someone who was in the movies but someone who watched the movies i loved it so i appreciate the podcast i dig it well i think we have that's one of the reasons why we do this is we want to remind people of that nostalgic love and also it's it's not the fact that we don't look at you and go oh you were this guy in the 80s no you you have had quite a career it's just such a memorable time like you said it's such a a loving time for us so we look back and go oh man that gives us all the feels, and that's, that's why all we're we do trying it. to do. Yeah, yeah. That's why bring we do some it. joy yeah. to people's lives. Well, you're you're kicking its ass. I love it. Well, thanks. <laughs> but uh, keep, be, be... keep keep going. Oh, we're, well, that's that's the plan, right, Dustin? Keep <laughs> it going, grow it, <laughs> expand it. Well, Darren, awesome, uh, this has really been a treat, and want to thank you again. And hopefully, we can do this again and be in person. Um, Anytime. 
And the next time that Tommy and I are together, I'll, I'll uh, you know, that we're in the same room, I'll kind of, maybe I'll give you guys a shout out and we can do something quickly oh, or something like that. That'd be cool. You know, actually, would, that would be great if we had the two of you guys and just swap stories about being in the 80s and yeah. or whatever. wild times. Whatever you guys want to do, yeah. really. We're, we're at yes. your, you know, we're, we're open exactly. and receptive to whatever. And Darren, uh, I, I, I'll do it. We'll eat some bugs together, whatever. <laughs> whatever. That's right. Yeah. Eat some bugs, try to drown some yeah. greasers. Yeah. It'll be fun. Drink some tequila. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to wish you guys the best of luck with it and everything like that. And thanks for reaching out. Absolutely. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Okay. Take care. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four. Is it five star rating? <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.